All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you humbly, thanking you for your word and for the opportunity to study it together. Open our minds and our hearts to what you'd have us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 28. This is the high priest's garment. Instructions for that. We'll go through it, look at a couple of things, and I have, a, I have some comments that I want to make um, when we get to the end of it. So let's just read through this. And you bring near to yourself your brother Aaron, his sons with him, among the sons of Israel, from among the sons of Israel, serve me as chahanim, or priests. Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, Ethamar, Aaron's sons. You shall make holy garments for your brother Aaron for honor and glory. And you shall speak to all the wise-hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. And they shall make Aaron's garments to sanctify him so that he may serve me as a priest. And these are the garments that they shall make. A chosen, the outer, the outer garment. Ephod, robe, tunic of checker work. This is supposed to be finely woven material. A cap and a sash. They shall make holy garments for your brother Aaron and for his sons to serve me as priests. They shall take the gold, gold blue, purple, and crimson wool and linen. And we've studied what those mean. And it transfers over into the, uh, into the priest's garments. They shall make an ephod of gold, blue, purple, and crimson wool, and twisted fine linen, the work of a master weaver. It shall have two connected shoulder straps at both its ends, and it shall be entirely connected. And its decorative band, which is above it, shall be of the same work emanating from it, gold, blue, purple, and crimson wool, and twisted fine linen. And you shall take two shoham stones. Now, I think you probably have that translated as onyx. That's the general, that's the general way that it's um, translated. Uh, it's, frankly, it's hard to nail it down because exactly what shoham was in the day of Moses, we don't exactly know, but onyx is as good as anything. Engrave upon them the names of the sons of Israel. Six of their names on one stone and the names of the remaining six on the second stone according to their births. Similar to the work of the engraver, of an engraver of gems, similar to the engravings of a seal, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel. You shall make them enclosed in gold settings. You shall put the two stones upon the shoulder straps of the ephod as stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall carry their names before Yahweh upon his two shoulders as a remembrance. You shall make settings of gold and two chains of pure gold. You will make them attached to the edges after the manner of cables, and you will place the cable chains upon the settings. You shall make chosen of judgment, the work of a master weaver. You shall make it like the work of, of the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and crimson wool, twisted fine linen. Uh, you shall make it, and it will, shall be square and doubled, its length one span, its width one span. And you shall fill it into stone fillings, four rows of stones, one row. Now these are the Hebrew words. Barakheth, uh, 
Thus, thus shall the one row be. The second row, Nofech, Sapir. It's generally agreed that's a sapphire. And Yachalam. The third row, Lashem, Shavu, and Achlama. The fourth row, Tarshish, Shoham, and Yashve. They shall be set in gold in their fillings. So this is a, an image of it up here. The Hebrews would go right to left, so this would be Reuben all the way down to Benjamin. Um, and, and this is the way the stones would, uh, would be set. And you see the colors that were given, the, the crimson and, and so forth, that were given in the weavings of this breastplate. The stones shall be for the names of the sons of Israel, 12, corresponding to their names, similar to the engravings of a seal, according, uh, everyone according to his name shall they be for the 12 tribes. You shall make for the chosen chains at the edges of cable work of pure gold, and you shall make for the chosen two golden rings, and you shall place the two rings on the two ends of the chosen, and you shall place the two golden cables on the two rings at the ends of the chosen. And the two ends of the two cables you shall place upon the two settings, and these you shall place upon the shoulder straps of the ephod on its front part. You shall make two golden rings. You shall place them on the two ends of the chosen, on its edge that is toward the inner side of the ephod. And you shall make uh, two golden rings and place them on the two shoulder straps of the ephod from below toward its front, adjacent to its seam above the band of the ephod. And they shall fasten the chosen by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a blue cord so that it may be upon the band of the ephod and the chosen will not move off the ephod. I should have handed out drawing paper and colors, crayons. And from these instructions, just to let y'all draw this out, I'd like, I'd like to see what had come out on that. <laughs> Thus shall Aaron carry the names of the sons of Israel in the chosen of judgment over his heart when he enters the holy, that is the holy of holies, as a remembrance before Yahweh at all times. You shall place the Urim and the Thummim in the chosen of judgment so that they will be over Aaron's heart when he comes before Yahweh. And Aaron will carry the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before Yahweh at all times. And you shall make the robe of the ephod completely of blue wool. Its opening at the top shall be turned inward. Its opening shall have a border around it, the work of a weaver. It shall have an opening like the opening of a coat of armor. It shall not be torn. And on its bottom hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson wool on its bottom hem all around and golden bells in their midst all around. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate on the bottom hem of the robe all around. It shall be on Aaron when he performs a service and its sound shall be heard when he enters the holy or the holy of holies, the most holy place, before Yahweh, when he leaves, uh, when he enters the holy before Yahweh and when he leaves so that he'll not die. You got to hear him still moving around, see. And you shall make a show plate of pure gold and you shall engrave upon it like the engraving of a seal, holy to Yahweh. And you shall place it upon a cord of blue wool and it shall go over the cap and it shall be opposite the front side of the cap. 
It shall be upon Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall bear the iniquity of the holy, holy things that the sons of Israel, or children of Israel, sons of <laughs> B'nai Israel, sanctify for all their holy gifts. It shall be upon his forehead constantly to make them favorable before Yahweh. You shall make the linen tunic of checker wook, work, <laughs> wookie, uh, work, and you shall make a linen cap, and you shall make a sash of embroidery work. For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics, make them sashes, sashes, and you shall make them high hats for honor and glory. With these, you shall clothe Aaron, your brother, and his sons along with him, and you shall anoint them and invest them with full authority and sanctify them so that they may serve me as priests. And make for them linen pants to cover the flesh of their nakedness. They shall reach from the waist down to the thighs. They shall be worn by Aaron and by his sons when they enter the tent of meeting or when they approach the altar to serve in the holy or the holy place. So they will not bear iniquity and die. It shall be a perpetual statute for him and for his descendants after him. Okay. The, uh, the garments of the priest, this is one rendition um, here. As you, as you look at it there, here is another one. Now, if you look at this one, this is interesting. I included this one because it says down here, each temple vessel restored by the temple institute is kosher for use in the soon-to-be-rebuilt third temple. How about that? Made according to the exact requirements and specifications of biblical law. Please donate generously to help the sacred work of the Temple Institute. Every contribution helps to rebuild the Holy Temple in our time. How recent was that? I don't have, an, I don't have a date, but I think it dates about 15 years ago, if it's in line with the other stuff that I got this from. Uh, they already have this done. They already have a lot of this stuff done. And these people in Israel, they're very serious about their third temple. Of course, which speaks of the return of Christ, right? Um, so we've uh, we've considered all of this. Now, the, the, I had the Hebrew word in there, but uh, what uh, what is the what what is the meaning of a, of a priest? What what? Well, I won't ask you what the word means, but what what does he do? Sees. Goes to God on behalf of the people. Yeah. What does a prophet do? He tells forth. Goes to the people in behalf of God, so to speak. Uh, so here then um, is, I have down here the, the meaning, uh, various meanings, but generally it means to either bend down or stand up. And I guess a priest would do both. <laughs> he would bend down and then he would stand up. Uh, it, it, well, the, the, the point being that in so much of what is described here in this part that comes from Yahweh to Moses down to the people, there are Hebrew words that some of them are difficult to be exact in the translation. Uh, you get an idea what they are. Uh, and in our day, we know that they have a beautiful spiritual meaning um, but uh, 
Exactly. Like, for example, I have always believed that the last, the twelfth of the twelve stones, the Jaspis, Jasper is translated, and I was taught this in early, early, early Hebrew classes many, many years ago, that it was like our diamond. It was like a diamond. Some have translated it opal. Uh, and to them, an opal is a stone that reflects all colors of the uh, of the rainbow. Now, you can tell me if that's the way it is or not. I don't. Well, you have an opal. Yeah, you got me one. Not the car opal, but no. the <laughs> yeah opal GT. Yeah, boy, what the what? No, we really had some. We really had some fun times in that opal. To me. Uh, no, no, not that kind of opal. We read in Hebrews. There's a section in beginning in Hebrews 4 down about the middle of the chapter, extending into Hebrews 5, uh, talking about the priesthood, comparing Christ to that. But then in Hebrews 7, it tells us that the priesthood of Christ is not like the Levitical priesthood. Now, the Levitical priesthood gives us an illustration, gives the people an example, but it's a man. Christ could never... Christ could never be the next man. You understand what I'm saying? He's God. So naturally, his priesthood is eternal. Like Melchizedek, without genealogy, without father, without mother. Uh, so it's an eternal thing. Christ, and this is really explained in Hebrews 7, but Christ is our eternal priest. Currently, presently, we have a high priest. Hebrews 7, 24 and 25 says he, he lives to do this. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. This is his job. This is what he does. He ever lives. If you want to know one of the main things that Jesus is doing right now, he's keeping me saved. I've messed up a lot. And that's hard to believe, but... Uh, no. Your thoughts, your deeds, things, things that you didn't mean to do, things that you did that you didn't know were wrong, <laughs> uh, uh, all kind of, but we're covered in his righteousness and he's keeping us saved. So his is the eternal priesthood. Now, the type of that would be the high priest on the day of atonement, mercy seat uh, and all. He would come out and make the proclamation after he had offered the sacrifice that it had been done, it had been done and Israel would, would, would just, uh, there would be an uproar, a cheer, that uh, they were saved for another year, you know, uh, the Day of Atonement, according to God. But typifies what Christ does for us always. However, his is like unto Melchizedek, without father, without mother, without genealogy, without beginning, without end. Eternal priesthood. So our priesthood predates this, postdates it. But in a human sort of a way, the people of God way back there were given a type. Then on in that, in that greater portion of Hebrews, there in that context, it talks about how they had to do this all the time. And, and, there, and you know, the high priest would die and another guy would have to come along and replace him. But ours is not like that. Ours... And you think about it, if it's without father, without mother, without beginning, and without end, 
And if we're His from before the foundation of the world, well, thank God, He's always and forever been my high priest, you know. Um, and then in the Revelation uh, 4, when He stands up in the throne room, He is seen wearing high priestly garment, although they're a little different than this guy's garments, that guy. Um, and his, his throne is a little different. His, you know, he, ever making intercession for us, our high priest sits on the throne of grace, so we have access. Uh, but the great elementary teaching of that is, is in studying the office of the great high priest in, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and of course, you know, Christ declared destruction upon the temple and upon Judaism in general uh, at, the, at the Olivet Discourse, not one stone left on another. Then when the Roman hordes came in, all of the genealogies were lost. The temple was lost. The things that went on in the temple, the vessels, everything, all that was gone. Uh, the veil of the temple first was torn in half, and then the rest of it was torn down and destroyed later, a few years later. And it hadn't been going on anymore. Frankly, because it's not needed. Christ is our high priest. Now, there's a great memorial to be observed in the millennial kingdom. Uh, there will be, be a millennial temple, and there will be services. But it will be a, it will be a great memorial for all of God's people to contemplate the great thing that God had arranged for us from forever. The lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. How he was, he was, always, he was always our propitiation and, and this can, can be seen and experienced in a special way according to the way that it's allowed to be done in the, in the millennial kingdom. So... This is an important aspect. It all is, but this is an important aspect when you think of how Christ, He's our lawyer, He's our mediator, He's our high priest. He stands good for us. When we don't deserve it, He stands good for us uh, as the high priest. Now, the high priest is going to have certain, certain jobs, so, well, not jobs, but, but responsibilities Aspects of ministry uh, as, as representatives of God to stand in their day as rep representatively, symbolically, uh, to stand between the people uh, and God. So their, their vesture made them different from everybody else, but it also showed that they carried everybody on their, on their heart. They carried everybody. And what they did, they did for everybody. And God not just permitted it, God designed it. God, God wrote it out. This is, how, this is how you're supposed to do it. So anyway, um, not, not just that, but the Urim and the Thummim. If you'll see, okay, let me see, where's my, there it is. Urim and Thummim. See that line and it kind of curves around? There's a pouch behind the breastplate. That's where the Urim and the Thummim were. Uh, what, lights and reflections or, or lights? and it was, it was to help the high priest to determine what the will of God was in behalf of the people. 
it would light up in a certain way and do certain things when, when he was supposed to do certain things or the people were supposed to do certain things. So, so uh, commanding and standing in where the will of God is expressed and performed so that he would carry our names, that he would intercede for us, that he would keep us saved. This is the will of God. This is the will of the Father. And uh, he, he executes it and he makes, makes sure that it's done. Okay, well, we can stop there and uh, pick up there, God willing, next time. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for how you have attended to our needs in all of eternity. And how even as we speak with each other right now and reflect upon your scriptures together, our great high priest, who is from eternity to eternity, is keeping us saved. So, Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your Christ, your only begotten Son, who died to save us and who lives to keep us and who's coming again for us. In his name we pray. Amen.